The year is 2025. Robots have taken over the world. Trump is beginning his third term. But luckily, independent thought is no longer required. So it's all good. Hey everyone, I'm Jeff. And I'm Aaron. And this is the final word with Jeff and Aaron. So, um, today we're going to be doing a little bit of a thought experiment. Um, if the I, intro didn't give anything away. Yeah, yeah. That definitely doesn't exist in a vacuum. Um, so I, I text uh, Aaron last night a very simple question, which was, uh, do, do you actually have the text? By yeah, actually, I'm going to, that's exactly what I was going to do. I'm going to pull it up. See, every week we have to think of a, a podcast topic, and sometimes it's pretty hard, but this one came to me last night, and I figured, ah, let's see if this goes anywhere. Podcast prompt. The year is 2025. What's life like? Question. Basically, it's, you know, given what we are currently going through and possible predictions for the future, what's 2025 going to look like? Um, and it's kind of crazy because 2025 is, it sounds like this far future and it's five years away. Like yeah. It's really disconcerting, quite honestly. Um, but uh, of course, before we get into that, uh, hey, Aaron, did you know that uh, snails can have up to 25,000 teeth? That's a shit ton of teeth. I didn't even it's know also, snails had teeth. That's the part that I find far more disturbing. You know, what do snails eat? Uh, you know, plant vegetables and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess they got to be able to uh, kind of grind it up. That's kind. Of, that's actually, if you look, uh, so this is, originally I found this uh, fact on a probably super sketchy site titled uh, Ridiculously Weird Facts That Are 100% True. Definitely doesn't. Right. Fly yeah. any red flags. But then I, you know, did some independent Googling and found an article on NPR. And so that's pretty. Yeah, they're basically like little, little microscopic teeth. Yeah. And it, huh. just imagine like a chainsaw inside of a snail's mouth. And that's kind of what you get. That horrifying image is. Yeah. There's a what great a snail is. picture I found of like basically like a like a picture of the snail's teeth through a microscope. And it's just like little daggers, like one after the other after the other. Yeah, um, the NPR article kind of equates it to how to how sharks' teeth work. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Just rows and rows and rows of teeth. I'm kind of picturing um, them like rotating like a... Me too. That's I, why I, I said chainsaw. Yeah, I don't think that's probably how it works, but that's that's what I'm picturing. Um, uh, all I'm but thinking I mean, now... Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, all I'm thinking now is they would make kind of a badass D&D monster. Mm, uh, giant snail. Giant snail and horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised so that's your... there's got to be there's got to be some horror movie with a giant snail and its teeth. It's well, and so what's so good about the snail is it moves so slowly. So it's a very very dangerous predator, but it's, you know, you can walk away from it. True. But if it was, you know, I'm thinking like a, you know, 100-foot snail here. Even if it's moving really really slowly, it's like so big that you just can't get away from it. It can cover a lot of ground in a few it, seconds. Exactly. Um, that actually it kind of leads me, it reminds me of, uh, so Rooster Teeth is one of the, the companies that I follow a lot and they have a, a, uh, show called million dollars, but where they ask the simple question, you get a million dollars, but stipulation. And one of the stipulations is there's a snail that will follow you wherever you go. And if you ever touch the snail, you instantly die. No. Would so basically, take, so you get a million dollars, and yet there's a snail that's going to be with you all the time, and if you touch it, you die. Not with you, just following. Just following. So you can, you, you can walk away from you, 
walk away from it, but you know, you better keep tabs on it. Cause otherwise, you know, a couple years later you're in, um, Australia and there's a knock at the door and it's the snail. How, how big is this snail? It's a normal snail. It's a normal snail. It, by the way, I believe in the prompt, uh, it's granted immortality. So uh, the snail will eventually make its way to you. Got it. So even can, can you step on the snail? Like, if, does it have if to the be snail touches you in any way? Even if it's like not touching you directly, like it's touching you through the shoe. I mean, that's semantics, but yeah, I, I would mean, say, you yes. know, it's, you know, I mean, it's not semantics when you, when you go, you know, go with the virus, you can touch the virus through gloves and you're fine. I'm talking about right, the but then if you touch right your now. face, so I, no. you know, if you touch those but, shoes, you have to burn them. Okay. But no, I think it's, if it touches anything that you, but then cars, right? Cause like yeah. if you're driving a car and you run it over, does that count? Right. Right. So I looked up a video of a snail, like snail's teeth, and it's really creepy and terrifying. Is it? You should definitely make sure to link that video in, Yo, the, in I the link dump. Definitely gonna link it because it's really you. I, you look like you're watching like some creepy alien doing creepy alien things. It kind of looks like something out of Alien. In some ways, out of the movie Alien. The, I mean, it's the unassuming snail, right? Yeah. Who who knew that it could be so horrifying? I mean, I feel like I kind of like snails are a little creepy in general. Like snail, any but, kind of like mollusk is a little creepy. And but they're, they're so small. They are so small that it's hard to, to see them for the horror that they actually yeah. are. Honestly, I'm trying to think. The last time I saw like an actual snail in real life, and, and oh, I don't so know because there's not had, a lot of snails out here. No, no. When I was growing up, we had fish tanks. Uh, and one year I decided to buy a snail because I thought it'd be fun. Uh, uh, but not like the cool snails, like sea snails that kind of just are inside uh, fish tanks. Within a year, the entire fish tank was sea snails. It was just, that's all there ever was. Because <laughs> they reproduced, ate all the fish, Aww. and then just... And just that's, that's their, and that's that was, was their existence. Yep. It was just a pile of, of sea snails. That's kind of creepy, actually. Yeah. So, so could would you say sea snails are the weeds of the sea? sea That's a hard one. Sea snails are weeds of the sea. But the real question is, does Shelly sell them by the seashore? The seashore, not the seashore. Seashore. I said seashore. <laughs> sure you did. All right. Moving back to our prompt. Um, yeah, the we, world. Had, we had to go a little bit silly because what we're going to talk about probably will get dark. And although a little silly, though, like, you know. Yeah. It, we we you know you can go with a, a funny dystopia, yeah. Well, zombie I, apocalypses can be funny. Well, I mean, Shaun of the Dead can prove that. Yeah, and even like Zombie Land is pretty funny. And yeah, a, a little more extreme dystopic way, but <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, so basically, the the not inspiration, the like, yeah, impetus? the inspiration behind the prompt is I'm I'm very curious. What you think the world will be like in 2025 versus what I think the world will be like in 2025. <sighs> Which one of us is going to be the more optimistic? Um, I think and then me, afterwards honestly. we should talk. You think you're going to be more optimistic? I do. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, more along the lines, I have multiple ideas that range from we're all going to die to the world's going to be wonderful. Right. And that actually leads me to the the last part of this prompt. So this first thing is just realistically, what do you, Aaron Pinsker, think the world's going to be like in 2025? And then after we kind of discussed that for a bit, I was thinking we could talk about 
worst case, best case scenarios. Mm, mm-hmm. So start off with just what you realistically think would probably happen. <sighs> so the the big unknown, and I, I think will make a big effect uh, on 2025, is what happens in November. Yeah. So does so Trump get reelected get to- or does Biden get elected, assuming Biden gets the nomination, which would be pretty shocking if he doesn't at this point. Um, Although more shocking things have happened in life. Just remember 2016. Um, So here's another question. Do you think by November uh, we will be able to gather in public again? That's a good question. Um, Because I think that will highly depend. That will highly affect the mm -hmm. likelihood of of Trump or Biden winning. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, if you if we we had done this prompt a couple of months ago, we'd be probably having a very different conversation. Very different. Um, you know, we can't escape the reality right now of um, the coronavirus. So things are calming down, actually. Like if you look at um, the infection the, rates and, um, you know, the, the flattening of the curve and whatnot, like it actually things are calming down. That doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet. But um, I no, do. In fact, hmm? I was going to say, in fact, it could be one of the other problems is if that news gets out, people might stop. Right. So quickly. Yeah. It could almost be like a calm before the storm in some ways where people start relaxing and start convening more in public and not yeah. socially distancing. And then we get a massive research. Hopefully I, that I've doesn't heard, happen. Yeah. I've heard uh, several sources uh, believe that there will probably be um, there almost definitely will be a resurgence. Uh, and that it might actually become periodic for quite a while. Right. Until we get a vaccine. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 thing I've heard the most is life will not be able to fully go back to normal until there's a vaccine. I kind uh, of agree. Yeah. Which I, I, I agree with, too. Um, I don't know to what extent the going back to normal means. You know, are we going to be able to get back to a point where we can go to work, where we can go to restaurants, but maybe we can't go to like a big concert or something? That's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah. Or is it going to be more along the lines of we're still, you know, restaurants will open, but we'll severely have to limit how many people are in at a time. Or, um, you know, people can start going back to work, but restaurants are still closed and social distancing guidelines are still in place and people are still wearing masks. Um, I I think, I think what is probably going to happen is, um, so the curve has definitely been flattened, uh, pretty significantly, actually. Like if you, if you look at, um, the states and cities that have been hit hardest, who've really pushed for social distancing, uh, especially like New York city, uh, they've done a pretty phenomenal job of flattening the curve. Um, so it's working. And it's just when, when do we stop doing that? And, it and de- I don't think we don't until and, the and vaccine. And I don't know. I don't know. Cause the, the problem is, is right now what we're doing is just not sustainable for a ton of reasons. Yes. Um, so from purely to bring it back. Yeah, go ahead. To bring it back to the prompt. Do you think it will be, we will be at, I'll say this question. Do you think I will be able to go to the grocery store without wearing a mask by November? I do. I do. Okay. Um, I think there's still going to be a lot of 
guidelines maybe uh and definitely definitely some I think fear like i think you you will probably still see people wearing masks but i don't think it'll be a um recommended by recommendation the anymore um i don't know if um so right now if you go to to like supers or safeway they actually have marks on the floor of when you're checking out of where to stand um, wow your guys's uh places are far more together than ours oh we interesting do not have that yeah so at the at the supers here it's um, the self-checkout, actually, every other register is closed. Um, yeah, so, we do have that. We do have um, that. And then for the, uh, like, the reg- regular checkouts is actually, like, marks on the floor of six feet apart where you can stand. You and know, then I they, haven't used a regular checkout in long enough. It's possible mm, that that actually is the case. I would think so. Like, I would imagine Supers, you know, it's a chain, probably pretty universal. And then they definitely also, if it's crowded in the store, they limit people going in and there's actually a line outside yeah um, I, I have seen those markings so um so i don't I, I feel like those will lessen um over the coming months and i i don't see them still being around in november i uh, feel like they'll still be around but the added requirement of wearing the mask will be gone right because i have a feeling that people will be are not going to be super versed to doing that mm-hmm. to begin with well honestly what i think is going to happen more than anything else is maybe some of the requirements or orders or whatnot that the government is imposing will be lifted, but people will still be doing things. Yeah, I think that's of, probably more likely. out of just fear, which yeah. makes perfect sense. Um, you know, I hopefully things like washing our hands maintain stays where it's at. And you know, I know some people hate handshakes, and maybe they will disappear for good now. That's um, a good question. The year is twenty twenty five. Are people still shaking hands? I think so. I there's enough people out there that are still shaking hands. Um, hello, Mr. President, um, <laughs> that I don't see it going away. There might be more understanding of people who don't like shaking hands. And so there I, just, I could see it possibly dying because there's already a pretty decent alternative that's kind of accepted everywhere. Which which one? There's I'm thinking it, lots of it, fist, kind, fist bump. That's kind of my point. Uh, mm-hmm. Fist bump being the most obvious, but also there's the elbow tap, which I yeah, think is kind of cute. I, I still, I still say we go with the, the, the Vulcan the live long Spock. and Spock. Or, yeah, L- live long and Spock. Live long and Spock. Um, yeah, live long <sighs> and prosper. Um, okay, so that's that's coronavirus question. Uh, who's winning? Who's winning in November? I don't. Only, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. Realistically, uh, we'll talk about worst case scenario and best case scenario later. But realistically, what do you think? And I think we probably have the same unfortunate opinion. Well, honestly, I honestly like I don't know. There are so many variables. I really, really, really hope it's Biden. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Trump, though. Um, And And this is one of those problems that comes from living in our own sphere mm -hmm. is that Biden does not have much support with our age group, which honestly, I don't think matters that much because it shouldn't. But after, you know, scrounging through Reddit when uh, Bernie um, dropped out, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people were like, well, there's my vote for Trump. Yeah. And I was like, you idiot. Yeah. And but the thing is, I so here is my um, uh, um, um, educated guess. OK. So our age group, even though we're. I just I just dropped the flash drive, so you might hear a noise on here. Um, Professionals as always. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, okay, so here's the thing. My age group, even though I'm in my 
late thirties now, like you're in your early thirties. Um, don't remind me. Yeah. Well, shush. Um, <laughs> our age group is still not a huge voting block. And then, no. And then especially the younger age group, the, you know, the college age students and whatnot still don't vote drives me crazy, but they don't vote. And unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because, well, it's actually fortunately, I guess would be, would be the other word. Fortunately, those were the ones that are really the ardent Bernie supporters. And so. So you're hoping that the fact that those people won't vote and they probably weren't going to vote anyways. Even though they were ardent Bernie supporters, like won't make a huge difference. So they may have said, uh, if it's not Bernie, I'm not voting for anybody. You'd be like, well, would it have mattered even if you did vote for Bernie? Because you weren't going to anyways. Um, so I, I think so. What happened in 2016 was. I don't want to say it was a fluke, but it was certainly unexpected. And there's a lot of reasons it happened. Uh, and I think one of the big reasons it happened was division in the Democratic Party because, yeah, uh, you know, Bernie and Hillary were in it until the convention. The convention was a complete disaster. Um, there was, a, you know, it created a lot of these divisions and a lot of very upset people for both legitimate and not so legitimate reasons. Um, and then uh, overconfidence on Hillary's part that she was going to win hands down. And so she st- started focusing on some of these red states and ignoring some of the purple states like um and i'll say this not only overconfidence on her part overconfidence on the entire democratic party right absolutely i'm pretty sure back in 2016 regardless of if you were a bernie or a hillary supporter you just assumed trump would not win Uh, yeah i think that's what a lot of people felt uh and i think that definitely contributed to her losing both in the sense of her being overconfident confident the democratic party being overconfident and a certain population of uh democrats or independents who were like well i'm not a huge fan of hillary i'm not going to vote for her but she'll be fine it'll be my protest vote and hopefully that doesn't happen this year because we saw what happened four years ago and hopefully i will say i don't think democrats are super overconfident this time no i mean absolutely not like i think it's the exact opposite i think we're kind of terrified which could end up being a good thing. So I so don't know. Possible. I just don't know. And so one of the things I've been kind of thinking about is if we still, if for some horrible reason, coronavirus is still a huge problem in November and we still have these shelter at home issues, it's going to have to be all mail in ballots, which is not a thing in a lot of places. No. And, and in the places that it does exist, it's already kind of screwed up. So and it's also actively um, fought against by Republicans. They don't like mail in ballots. Yeah. Um, Republicans definitely they want it as difficult as possible to vote because that causes um, only the people who are, you know, stalwart people. And usually well, not just that. It makes it a lot more difficult for certain populations, especially minority populations to vote. Ah, yes, that's a good point. The minority population tend to lean Democratic. Um, and when voting is made more difficult, it disproportionately affects those populations. So, um, I mean, you saw that in Wisconsin. Wisconsin was a complete disaster uh, a week or so. Uh, was it like two weeks ago now or a week yeah. ago? 
like not that long ago. And there's definitely a lot of reports that were saying like this is going to be a test run for <laughs> November. Right. I don't think we're going to be to that level in November. I think um I think the the stay-at-home orders will mostly be lifted. I think there will still be like social distancing or um not orders but um suggestions, I guess. Um And I think like you said before, I think it'll just be ingrained in people's minds at that point. Yeah. And hopefully hopefully even if things are still bad, people will figure out a way to vote. Um, and I just feel like honestly. It, so you've got your blue states, your red states, your purple states, the states that are more most likely not going to do mail in ballots are the red states. And some of those red states are not going to go for um, Biden no matter what, unless some like monumental shift occurs. That's a good point. Um, it's the purple states where it's going to be. Yeah. Colorado's like mail-in Wisconsin. ballot system is, is Colorado still a purple? Um, I think so. Like there's enough red areas. I, I think we, so like if you, if you look at a map of Colorado and I mean, really it's the entire country. You look at this, um, the Denver metro area, the, the urban areas are pretty blue. And then you go out into the more rural areas and they're red. So if you were to look at like, you know, an electoral map of of Colorado. Geographic wise, it's more red than blue, but population wise, it's definitely more blue than red. Yeah, uh, but there's it still reminds me of the meme that was spreading around a long time ago where they showed the electoral map mm-hmm. and uh, it was like all red. And everyone said, impeach this. And yeah. to which somebody responded with, yeah, those cows and sheep really care. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's there's actually been another one floating around where basically it's a map of the country, a geographic map of the country with, you know, red and blue geographic regions. And, you know, it's a sea of red with, you know, spots of blue. And then another map that is been kind of recreated based on population. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of like same general structure of the U.S., but, you know, you have these huge swaths of blue and, you know, then more like spots of red. Um, and, you know, that's one of the frustrating things with the way the electoral works is at this point from a population standpoint, there are more liberals than conservatives. Um, and that actually, we saw that in 2016 where Hillary won the popular vote by, it was like 3 million votes, which is not a rounding error. That's a significant amount, but the way things are counted is less than ideal. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, I don't know if we can really talk about 2025 without talking about the election. Who it is, yeah. And so, so maybe maybe this is the part where we branch off between uh, best timeline and worst timeline. Yeah. yeah. As opposed so, to giving our opinions, because I, I kind of agree it's pretty up in the air. My my sis, no, what's the word? Cynical gut says Trump's got this, and unfortunate unfortunate realities we'll have to deal with him for a long longer. Um, but. Let's not think about that. Let's yeah. just move on. Well, so, okay. So here's, here's, here's my cynical, my, my uh, darkest timeline. Yeah. Okay. Trump wins. Yeah. Um, Republicans regain control of the House. They now have House Senate presidency like they did four years ago, but this time they're more unified and they just fuck us over in every way, shape or form. And five years from now, climate change has gotten to the point where it's out of our control. 
Um, we've got like already kind of is. I mean, even more so to the point where um, there's widespread drought in regions like, you know, Dust Bowl type levels of drought. Um, we're seeing um, real sea rise um, more the, more so than we are now where, you know, you got like the coast of California and Florida and New York or whatnot are beginning to erode erode into the into the um into the Get ocean washed away. um you've got the rest of the world um going toward this more right-wing conservative bent that we've been seeing in europe um which very much came about after trump got elected uh he emboldened that part of the population across the entire world so you've got a rise in dictators a rise in fascism a rise in racism and anti-semitism um I mean, I, I don't want to say, you know, things aren't going to be drastically different than they are now. Like I look now versus four years ago and like things are worse, but not like end of world worse. I Honestly, I think if I look at the difference between now and four years ago, from my from my perspective, it's not that things are necessarily worse. It's just that I know more. And that's well, kind yeah. of an issue that. Yeah, that doesn't help. And ignorance is <laughs> ignorance can definitely be bliss sometimes. Yeah. So I think my worst case scenario is we're not going to suddenly enter in a dy- into a dystopia in five years, but we could be getting that much closer. And, yeah. um, you know, it's it's going to be the similar same patterns. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. The economic divide is increasing. Um, it's just it's not going to be the end of the world, but it's not going to be great. Yeah. Um, Basically, it's not the end of the world, but it might be the end of the future. Kind, yeah. Unless something drastic changes. Uh, I want to add one more thing to your darkest timeline and then ours will be synced. Uh, and that's Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies and they get one more Republican conservative judge. Yeah, that's a terrifying thought. That's yep. a terrifying thought. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So now in my ideal timeline, Biden gets elected. Democrats regain, regain control of the Senate. They now have control of the House, the Senate and the presidency and they can shit, get shit done, um, which would mean. What? Yeah. What shit would you want them to do? So. Universal health care. Huge, huge, huge thing. Um, See, for me, there's one more thing before they get there. I agree that that needs to be done. Election reform needs to happen first. I I think universal health care is actually easier than election reform. Especially right now. Well, especially right now, but also election reform. Every state has their own system. So it can't be mandated or not easily mandated on a federal level. Whereas universal health care is a lot easier to mandate. That's a good um, point. That's a good point. And, you know, and it's not just that every state has a different system. Every local municipality has a different system. Which you can always do what they did with um, speed limits where you limit funding based on policy. True. But I just that's there's going to be a lot of pushback for that where states, especially the more conservative states, are going to start decrying states rights and and whatnot. Whereas with health insurance, because Right now, the health insurance markets are private for the most part. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's something that could be done federally that would significantly change how elections are done, even if you don't get rid of electoral college and all that kind of stuff. And that would be if you could just change the the race for the presidency to be on a ranked choice uh, voting system. And again, but that couldn't be done on the federal level. Why not? How, how else do you vote? Isn't isn't no. voting for president federal? Well, okay, so here's the thing. Um, the re- Well, okay, let me back up. So, for the most part, 
you've got two people running for president, a Republican and a Democrat. Yes, you've got some third party candidates. They don't matter. They don't unfortunately really matter. So if you want a ranked choice system, you need to have more than two viable candidates. Well, because of how the primaries work, which are run by the individual parties and then within the in, uh, within that party in the individual states, you'd need to have a ranked choice system within the primaries. You have to get all the states on board for that. So here's my rationale for if you just federally decree that the voting for president will be ranked choice, it will fix all the other stuff is the well fix. I put those in paper. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because look at the situation that we currently have now with Bernie and Biden. If federally it was ranked choice, sure, Biden gets the Democratic nomination, but that doesn't, doesn't stop Bernie from still running. He would I just run as Bernie. Right. And then people who wanted to vote for Bernie would probably put as their second choice mm-hmm. Biden. And so it would, it'd be kind of in a way, a way of still voting for I, the right. I get what you're saying. I just It's a lot more complicated, mostly in how... Um, the the two party system is just entrenched within all of our right. politics. Agreed, and I think and I don't we're know, not gonna get rid of it. Well, and I just I don't know if a I don't know how easy it would be to implement ranked choice just from a purely legal standpoint. Sure, um, sure. Like I'm, I'm I don't talking, know, you know, right? Like I don't know theoretics. if that can be an act of Congress or if it has to be an actual like constitutional amendment, which then needs state support. Yeah, um, which is harder. And Basically, I think honestly. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, basically, my thought is if you if immediately right now ranked choice voting was initiated uh, at the federal level for presidency, essentially nothing changes, but it has the opportunities that change. For instance, we'd still have uh, a two party system. Mm -hmm. Democrats would still nominate Democrat. Republican Mm -hmm. would still nominate Republican, but it would no longer exclude other people from running for the fear of splitting the vote. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that primaries and stuff would change automatically, but I think what would happen is if you switch to um, ranked choice for the presidency, slowly people would start realizing that they don't need to run in primaries anymore mm-hmm. because it's costly mm-hmm. and it's easier just to run as an independent and then put your po- your vote on the final ballot, which potentially could change how the primaries are run. Like, and, you know, again, and so we're talking I, about optimal timelines here. Yeah. So. Well, and uh, the problem with that is you will never get Republicans or Democrats on board with that because it limits the power of the party. So, Which is which, my point. <laughs> right. Which is, you know, as, as ardent of a Democrat as I am, I recognize it's still a political entity. Machine. And, yeah, and, and it's got its fair share of corruption and power-hungry people. So that's why we're seeing... The ranked choice voting is um, being implemented on certain local level. Yeah, which is um, usually how this kind of stuff works, right? Mm-hmm. You do something local and it, it slowly bleeds up. Right. Um, I'm just saying, like, if we got to the point where we could just instantly wave our fingers and say, you know what? Uh, nothing else has to change. It's just now the voting for president is ranked choice. Yeah. I think that would trickle down to <laughs> everywhere else. Maybe. Uh, I mean, that's definitely not a bad idea. It would not be my first priority just because I know how insanely difficult it would be. Yeah. So and my actually, first... after, after you mentioned it, you, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, med, 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 you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so my my priorities or, or my my view of what could be done in the next four years to make 2025 an awesome time to live is universal health care, uh, universal basic income, 
which is actually gained traction, especially within the Democratic Party and especially right now where people yes. are like, well, shit, I can't work. So that actually has some traction. Um, uh, overhaul of the tax system, which could be done, um, where you, uh, you know, definitely raise taxes on the most wealthy and lower them for everybody else um, or keep them the same for everybody else. Um, basically, if the Democrats have control of all three branches of government, things like this could be done. Um, for me, what I'd love to see in 2025 is um, a Bernie or an Elizabeth Warren or a similar progressive um, being sworn in for president and not another four years of Biden. I'd be okay with another four years of Biden, but I'd love to, you know, the country has moved into a progressive enough manner where either Biden, you know, steps down and decides not to run for a second term or, you know, there's enough push by within the Democratic Party or whatnot so that, you know, we start something within this next four, with these with these four years to only continue it even stronger in the years to come. Um, so the statement I'm about to make is both good and bad for your what you just said. Um, and that's that I don't know. I'd have to look it up again, but I'm pretty sure the last several presidents have been two terms. Yes. And it uh, hasn't the, been, it's been a while since we've had a single term. Yeah, president. So the, uh, the last time we had a single term president was Bush senior, Bush senior. Uh, he was president from, uh, 88 to 92. Um, he ran for a second term and lost to Clinton. Um, and then Clinton was in there for two terms. Bush junior was two terms. Obama was two terms. Um, which it know, is right. trends, <laughs> right? It is extremely rare. Honestly, I can't, I, I I'm sure it happened, but it's extremely rare for a one term president not to run for a second term. Yeah. So, I mean, you already have pretty much the entire base and, uh, advertising. So there's no reasons not, right. Unless you're so unpopular or right, dead, right. Or dead. Right. So, um, yeah, so like if Biden gets elected, it would be pretty unlikely for him not to for him to not run for a second term. Not, un, I mean, not impossible, but but unlikely. Although this, the reason this fact is both good and bad for your scenario uh, is also that means that the likelihood of Trump getting that second term is increased by this trend. Uh yes and no. Um, I think you know trends are not that meaningful in a way. You know, the reason Bush got elected for a second term is because he was actually, for some ungodly reason, uh, popular. Same with Obama. Trump is not very popular. Even though his approval rating has actually gone up during this crisis, I don't see that as sustainable for a plethora of reasons. Um, and that was the same thing with uh, Bush Sr. He was not that popular of a president. Uh, and Clinton actually won pretty handily, if I remember. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. I think, um, you know, it's weird to think 2025 really is not that far away. No. But at the same time, because of the potential for what's going to happen in the next seven months, mm -hmm. it's so far away. Right. Now, now, this is something we didn't even talk about that we can really get into. Let's uh. ignore the political system. Let's look at the tech sector, say so, Facebook and most so of the Facebook. Actually something I, yeah, this is something I actually wanted to talk about, which is similar is my wonder is with our current, with the current disaster going on, a lot of people are learning more and more that our 
mentality of if I need something, I can just get it immediately mm-hmm. doesn't work. And mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to end up with more uh, scarcity style um, shopping where you have a lot more people eating leftovers or yeah. instead of going and ordering it. Oh, oh, another one is uh, when I used to order something from Amazon, I would go, oh, I need that one thing. Order it from Amazon, have it shipped. Now I'm more like, OK, I'll wait until I have like four or five items that I'm thinking of. Right. Just before. get it all at once. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if in terms of society, which I just realized now I pivoted from your technology question to society. I thought I was doing something else. That's, that's uh, okay. Sorry for that. In it's terms okay. of society, Whatever. I wonder if we'll get towards more of a how after the Great Depression. Like, I, I don't know. Did you also have a grandparent who was <laughs> yeah, extremely. Both. Oh, God. Yeah. Both my grandparents are. Yeah. We're, we're hoarders on some level. Um, I, I don't see that really happening, honestly, cause for a, a number of reasons, um, because right now people are outside of toilet paper, which I still don't fully understand. If you go to the store, most things are back in stock, maybe not as heavily in stock as they had been, but like I can go to the store and pretty much get everything I need, even if it's maybe not the exact same brand I would normally get or as many as I would normally get. The problem is not necessarily that it's in stock. Sorry. The problem is that going to the store is a chore. Like before this, I used to go to the grocery. I I live basically a a five minute walk next to a grocery store. Uh, I used to go to the grocery store every day to pick out what I was going to have for dinner that night. Now I'm buying things, you know, for weeks in advance Mm -hmm. because I have to. Otherwise, I have to go to the store and it's a hassle. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I mean, that's what I normally do is buy things for a few weeks in advance and um have you been cooking more i'm curious uh yeah for the most part yep which is a good thing um i still have been trying to every so often go to like a local business because they need it or local like a small local restaurant chinese food or whatever just for like getting takeout yeah yeah and then give them a decent tip um nice i i think i think we're gonna see some fundamental changes in society because of this but i also think a lot of those things that we're seeing right now are gonna minute things can go back to some semblance of normal it's all gonna you know people are gonna suddenly go to the store all the time and you know go to restaurants and and things because people want to do that you know it's it's one thing where um where you know if people real like we're going to the store every day and realize god i hate doing this and oh now i don't have now i can't Sticking with that, but I, I don't think people like going to the store and buying, you know, three months worth of stuff and, sh- you know, sh- schlepping that all inside and everything. Yeah. Do you um, think the nine to five office job is going to be fundamentally changed? That's an interesting one because we have proven a lot of people can work remotely. But and it's cost effective to do so. Yeah. But I still think a lot of employers don't like it because you can't keep as t- it's har- harder to keep tabs on your employees if they're working remotely. And but I also I, think. Some people, I think there was this initial like, oh, working remotely is kind of nice. And now it's kind of like, God, I miss people. No, Um, and I agree. But I feel like I feel like it's going to significantly reduce the friction to say, hey, my commute kind of sucks. I'm just going to work from home. And your office worker manager is like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Just come in every Friday for meetings. I do think you're going to see more people or more flexibility with being able to work remotely. Which, you know, if if we go into a uh, um, a cause and effect, if more people are working remotely, less people are driving, 
that's going to help pollution. That's going to help climate change. Like we could see a bit of a snowball effect from this in a good way. I don't know. Yeah, that's why that's the whole reason I wanted to do this theory, thought experiment is because we, we talked about the dark stuff very quickly and got mm-hmm. over it. But there's actually so much positive potential that can come out of the next five years. Well, it's kind of crazy from a from a climate standpoint how much cleaner the air is right now across the entire world. They're yeah. talking about in China, um, you know, people were able to see the clouds for the first time in years because there was no pollution. And there was a, there was a picture of LA from a few days ago and it's gorgeous. Right. And it's like the first time there hasn't been some level of smog in the air. Um, It'd be I mean, very interesting. To, yeah. I feel yeah. like right now is the best time because you have so much support for enacting those kind of policies. Right. Uh, um, and so we'll possible. see if, you know, my my biggest question is always um, the good that we're actually seeing right now. Once things get back to normal, are people going to just be like, thank God I don't have to deal with all of this. And literally things just yeah. go back to the way they is, were. Is or, it sustainable or is it just yeah. because? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't. I mean. I, I do think, like you said, certain things like being able to work from home, I think, is going to be a lot more um, acceptable. Yeah. And um, I think I think not necessarily getting rid of the handshake, but I think a lot more people will understand the indication when you don't want to give a handshake. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I honestly would not be surprised if we see people wearing masks more in public. Like I was you thinking see, it might become a fashion statement. Well, like you look at. Um, again, just, China there, it's not uncommon to see people wearing masks in China just regularly. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, uh, a lot of that has to do with pollution, but, um, I was thinking I of starting see, a yeah, line uh, of fashionable masks. A, well, I was thinking of starting a line of lingerie masks. Oh, that's just terrible. <laughs> Satin that's and just, frilly. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking like Cleopatra, you know, the, oh yeah. yeah like the this, chain. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't uh, be very effective as a, a mask. Yeah, but well, yeah, circling back to we we're getting close to the end here, but circling yeah, yeah, back yeah. to technology, what did you want to say about Facebook? So all Do Facebook, you think Facebook Google, will exist in 2025. Oh God, yes. Um, so here's the there was um, uh, an interesting uh, video I saw. I think it's actually from a couple of years ago. Um, totally blanking on the guy's name uh, and what he does. He's uh, uh, oh man, he's a CEO of some economic think tank um and i'm totally blanking on it uh and this i think was from a couple years ago talking about how what you should do is while you're doing the stammering just edit in your you flat saying the name of it <laughs> in between the stammering so here, um, i'll set you up right now the name of it was and um and he was talking about how there has been a you know, a push by some people of, okay, we need to regulate ISPs more. We need to look into their monopoly powers, yada, yada, yada. And he was saying, no, what we really need to look into is the power of Facebook and the power of Google, the companies that their entire business model is to collect as much information about you as possible and to sell it to the highest bidder. And right now there is no regulation on any of the social networking companies. They can really get away with whatever the hell they want to right now. And even if they're caught doing something bad, like Facebook has on so many occasions, nothing happens. They get a slap to the wrist, which usually amounts to millions of dollars in fine, but to their billions doesn't matter. Exactly. So the question would be, will anything change within the social networking sphere? Because 
Facebook could so easily easily lead to this unrealized dystopia where people are like in a dystopia and don't even realize it. I like um, that sentence. Yeah. Um let me let me posit a a possible track here. So, because we're all cooped up inside social everyone- capital that's that's the guy's name, or that's the he's the CEO of Social Capital. His name is no, no, you can't. You ruin the gag. I I know I ruined the gag. Okay, it's just say true. it now and then cut this clip and put it into that part. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's okay. Well, that's less funny. Kamath, it's a it's an Indian name. I I cannot pronounce it. I don't want to pronounce it because okay. I can spell it though. Should, should I spell not, it? Let's not. No, no. no. Okay, we, we're getting close, and I want to finish off with this thought. So right now, everyone's trapped in their house and um, telecommunications via the Internet have become pretty much the only way society has been able to continue and maintain. This is true. Do you think that because of this and other things like, you know, um, ISPs removing data caps because they're not necessary? um, Do you think by the year 2025, Internet will become a human right? Or at the best, a public utility. I do. Okay. It depends on November. If, yeah. If Biden gets elected and the FCC goes back to having a Democratic majority, um, I do think we'll see a pretty significant change in how ISPs are managed. I don't know if it will go full into um, a public utility like um, water and electricity. Um but I think hopefully it'll go back more toward the the common carrier laws that uh, landline phones went with before yeah. with net neutrality and whatnot. I, um, just, I mean, I think this disaster has shown that it is definitely a inalienable human right. Well, and I also think on that same vein, um, uh, there's a couple of companies, SpaceX being the big one right now. SpaceX is planning on I mean, they've already started launching uh, these uh, low Earth orbit satellites. They're planning on launching. I don't know how many thousands of them to blanket the world with satellite internet. Which would be so cool. Right. Because one of the, pro- one of the, and this is a legitimate problem, is in a lot of rural areas, there's just not the infrastructure. And uh, there's not even necessarily cell towers that are nearby. And current satellite internet is not great. Latency I, is awful and speeds aren't great and whatnot. Okay, um, so here's my final statement for the perfect vision of the future. Uh, Elon says... Hey guys, I did it. Um, you can just kind of like connect to this network now. It's free and it's open. Just kind of use it. Uh, and immediately all ISPs are put out of business. Okay. And so, and I'm going to do the caveat and the, the cynical viewpoint. What is he getting out of it? How much information is he collecting from people? How it's secure possible. is the network? This is definitely not the case, but I like to imagine him as just somebody who's like, you know who I really hate? I really hate ISPs, and I have enough money that I could just put them all out of business. Oh, and honestly, I have the technology I, to do that. He actually is kind of that person. Like, I wouldn't surprise <laughs> He's me. He's so good. I mean, I'd love it, but it would still be, there would definitely be this kind of constantly in the back of my mind of, okay, nobody is that generous. It's like Facebook. Facebook is completely free and really usable, useful for certain things, but it's got a big dark side to it. <laughs> really, really big dark side. Uh, and on that note, I think it's time for uh, our final word. I agree. And so I actually have a whole slew of options. And actually, uh, I'm sorry. I got to interrupt because I realized that my little soapbox has to be done before the final word. Otherwise, people probably just click off the instance it's done. 
So, hey guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, oh, this is true. Yeah, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Share yeah. it with a friend. Um, that's pretty much the only way we're ever going to grow. And uh, yeah, so yeah. there's that. And actually, before I do the final word, um, we are going to take next week off. Yeah, because in two weeks it is going to be our one year anniversary, and we are hopefully going to have a bit of a special show. Um, but we want to give us a a couple of weeks to uh, figure out the logistics of it all. And I will uh, I will leave you at that and leave you in suspense of what that means. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it in the past. So, uh, yeah, shush, but diehard listeners people... can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, okay. there we go. So um, logistics out of the way. Hit me with that final word. Okay. This is the, the one I've decided on because it just sounds really funny. Lubberwort. Lubberwort. Uh, so that's when a whale gets a very, very nasty bump in his blubber. Oh, I like that. That's actually, that's a, that's a good bit of not so deductive reasoning, but still fun. Um, it actually, the definition actually really fits the sound of the word. Lubberwort. A lethargic, stupid, fuzzy-minded person. I like all of those descriptions, especially fuzzy-minded. Yes. Um, I thought like, and it also, it just kind of fits with the, the sound of the word like lubberwort just sounds yeah, kind of such a lubber yeah like it works really well um yeah so with that i guess uh we're out peace y'all peace